With AMC Plus, the plus doesn't just mean more, it means better. Available through the platforms you're already on, AMC Plus is a premium streaming bundle with the best of AMC, plus the complete collections of Shudder, Sundance Now, and IFC Films Unlimited. Get the latest from The Walking Dead with early access and exclusives. Binge acclaimed series like Mad Men, ad-free, and with new content dropping each week, like Gangs of London, a powerful drama about London's criminal underworld, there's always something fresh to check out. Sign up at amcplus.com, amcplus.com, AMC Plus, only the good stuff. Welcome to Bravo Happy Hour. I'm your host, Megan O'Donnell. Grab yourself a drink and join me while I break down the week in Bravo TV news. Welcome to Bravo Happy Hour. I'm your host, Megan O'Donnell. And actually, I should probably say welcome back to Bravo Happy Hour because I have been on a month-long hiatus, which could sound chic if I was like traveling or doing something fun, but I've really been sulking in my bed and being overworked and undersexed. Anybody? Anybody? So thanks for bearing with me. I know I've been out of the pod game for, yeah, about a month now, which isn't my proudest moment, but it's 2020 and even your local podcaster feels depressed. So thanks for sticking by me and all the really sweet DMs of people asking me if I was dead or had COVID, which I appreciate. I am neither. I'm just dead on the inside and um, dying from watching a rapid death count increase daily. Anyways, Bravo News. <laughs> so right now, Bravo's crazy. So I will tell you guys, I'm a little behind on the shows. I didn't watch Bravo for three weeks, which is detrimental to a podcaster because then you have to go back and rewatch all of the episodes that you've missed. And now it's actually becoming more of like a homework project where I actually have like a list of all the shows that I'm missing and I have to kind of slowly go through. Like yesterday I was forced to watch I think four episodes of OC Housewives, which was pretty painful and obviously we'll get to there but when kelly dodd isn't the most insufferable character on the program then they need to do some recasting if you ask me we are actually in the week where we have four housewife shows currently on salt lake city atlanta potomac oc dallas comes back in january and love that for us but it's also a lot of television so i actually think i might be doing a recap episode this week just so we could talk a little bit about the new atlanta episode touch base on Salt Lake City and obviously pop into Potomac because Michael Darby is a dumpster fire. And OC, yeah, whatever. It'll be whatever. (laughs) Is anyone else surprised that Atlanta came back so fast? I feel like it just ended, but also Bravo probably knows that people really hate OC and Dallas is also full of a bunch of ignorant racists. So they're trying to throw some like good um like black girl magic into the lineup which good we need that because we also have southern charm which is on which does anyone remember like hannah ferrier from below deck med when she had like those two fingers and was pointing it in that lara girl's face when she was so mad that's basically me and all of the bravo producers who allowed t-rape to be back on southern charm that is kind of what threw me over the edge i will admit that that's a little dramatic however Seeing Thomas Ravenel come back onto Southern Charm as, like, whatever, like, again, night in white pants for Catherine to give her, you know, shelter when her after her mother died, which, like, is tragic, don't get me wrong, but he is not the white knight that she should be looking for, and having him come back on screen just 
reinforce everything we always thought about Bravo is that they don't really have morals. They have morals for a season to make us kind of believe, and then they think we're just gonna, oh, poof, like, forget of all the fucked up things he did and all of the statements that Bravo made condemning his behavior, but no, um, they're like, actually, he's great for ratings. We love seeing his bulge in those white pants. Ooh. Look at me being popular at 8.27 a.m. Anyways, Bravo's on and popping right now. There's a lot to watch. There's a lot of news, so I had to come back. This is a solo episode just because there's a lot going on that doesn't really allow for discussion or else I'd be here for six and a half hours. But on that note, we will start in The Real Housewives of Beverly Hills, which is currently filming season 11, or should I say was filming season 11. They had to halt filming due to Kathy, Kyle, and Dorit all being confirmed with COVID-19. We only really have full confirmation that Kyle has it, but through the grapevine, Kathy and Dorit also have it. They've been going out. They've been doing scenes without wearing masks. I've, I've seen them walking down the street without masks and obviously dining at restaurants without masks, but the rules in California are incredibly strict. So, you know, if you have the ability to stay home and, and film in your mansion or the backyard of your mansion or the bar in your mansion or the glam room in your mansion, you guys should just be staying in there I know that a lot of film productions, like the ones I'm working on myself, have morning of rapid day testing, and so that's like a good way to kind of allow for everybody to feel safe and to feel confident in filming. But once you start letting your guard down and going out and shopping and this and that, you're really just opening up yourself to being susceptible to this really gnarly virus. Obviously, I hope them all the best and hope they all recover quickly. Kyle's daughter, Sophia, is also testing positive, and Kyle came out with her annual Christmas card as if like anybody is like waiting with bated breath for that stupid ass Christmas card so you see that and last year there was like the whole drama that like Kyle had to get her daughter back from DC to shoot a Christmas card photo and her daughter was back from DC as well and that was the one who actually contracted COVID so I don't know again I hope she's doing well um and we don't really have any updates from there. But let's not forget, this Christmas picture was a photo shoot. Imagine the crew that was there with six maskless talent. Kyle said she got COVID after the photo shoot, but there's no real way of knowing where you got it from. So that's not really a valid argument. And then we have, okay, six maskless talents. Five of those people are women, meaning they all needed hair and makeup done. They all looked to the nines. And actually, they all basically looked like Sheena Shea, Kardashian vibe. I know that's the face everybody's going for lately, but your natural faces are beautiful. So maybe just like stick to your birth face. <laughs> birth face. That's so sad. I was even like reading a Facebook thread the other day about like Khloe Kardashian and True and people were like, how, are, how is she going to feel when... She realizes that her mom has spent like over a million dollars on trying to look nothing like her. And I was like, damn, yeah, that's brutal. Anyways, the crew on set had to be photographer, photographer's assistant, if not two photographer's assistant. So that brings us to two to three. Hair and makeup for five ladies takes a very long time. If it was one hair and makeup artist doing five people, I would say that would probably take if she was a Wonder Woman, which she's not based on like going onto her Instagram. She does like all of these other bravo liberties and they all look like beat to the nines so each person i would say an hour and a half maybe so i would say they had three hair and makeup artists on set there is clearly and let me make this very clear not a stylist on set because they were wearing these like red 
like silky pajamas that said special above the heart and none of them were steamed and they are $500 pajamas if I got $500 pajamas one I would never put them on I would frame them and put them in a frame like people do with basketball jerseys but it's ridiculous and so bad also aren't they all Jewish Kyle converted to Judaism for Mauricio and she grew up Catholic but their holiday card didn't even have a menorah in it the girls go to a Jewish school so that also was like a little bit questionable for me where I'm like what's going on here was this really worth everybody getting sick for I don't know y'all tell me also did anyone see that photo of Kyle's daughter Portia getting her ears pierced there is nothing I find more infuriating than overly dramatic reactions to slight pain, whether it's like getting your ears pierced or getting stung by a bee. Yeah, it really sucks for two minutes. Then you immediately like go back to drinking your margarita or go back into the mall and, and find some cute earrings to pick out. And that's that. There was a photo where Kyle and her 30 daughters are all not wearing masks. The only person wearing a mask was the piercing dude. And they were in the house getting her ears pierced. And she like writes a caption like, wow, my incredibly brave daughter. Who would have ever thought that you would be able to do this at 10 years old? Bitch, I'm Italian. I had my ears pierced at six months old. The piercing guy was probably terrified that my mom was unfit. But I look amazing with great pierced ears from, you know, six months on. And now, yeah, I might be a little fucked because one of my ear loops is, like, a little bit droopy, which probably comes from, like, 27 years of having gold hoops in them. <laughs> but but regardless, she's 10 years old. She's not a, a baby anymore. Well, we have to go to Not Such a Pretty Mess, coming out of Beverly Hills. So Erica Jane announced on election day that she will be divorcing from her husband, Tom Girardi, who is 81 years old and they've been together for 21 years. The fact that they got married when he was a chic 60 is crazy. There's a lot going on here. I missed like the whole divorce news when I was um, living in hibernation slash just ordering seamless twice a day um, and not ever getting out of my pajamas and barely brushing my teeth. Um, but So the media found out about the divorce on election day, which she was like, maybe the big news of the new president will <laughs> divert people from my news. It's like, get a fan base that can do both. Because not only were we watching CNN and John King playing the magic board, but we were also following reality blurb and every single Bravo Instagram account that reported on this. So whatever, they're getting divorced, not surprising. She's being linked to Scooter Braun, who is was once Kanye's manager, Bieber's manager, and a total trash box. He's the douchebag who uh, ended up purchasing Taylor Swift's uh, discography from her earlier songs when she made a deal when she was a teenager. So he's a dirtbag. And you know what? That actually might be Erica Jane's type. So Tom's law firm has been sued a bunch of times since 1995 for kind of similar things, but not in a situation where it involves Erica. So I'm going to go back and read some of the blurbs from the recent lawsuit. And you guys, I like opened up a PDF that looked like a real legal document. So you're welcome. And I'm back. <laughs> In October 2018, Lion Air Flight 610 crashed, killing all 189 individuals on board. 
Litigation against Boeing followed, and nearly a dozen families, including widows and minor children, retained Erica's husband's company to represent them, seeking to recover the tragic losses of their loved ones. Another company was also brought in as a legal counsel to assist the litigation and settlement process with Erica's husband's business, which is called GK, Girardi house or something. The litigation was individually settled for each of the clients in early 2020 for a substantial but confidential sum. Proceeds of those settlements were allegedly transferred thereafter from Boeing to Erica's husband's company. So the proceeds of the settlements were allegedly transferred thereafter from Boeing to Erica's husband's account, and supposedly his former partners and current partners are now saying that Girardi prevented a significant portion of that money, and potentially all of it, from ever reaching the victims of the horrific crash. Let's not forget, minor children and widows. These loans have appeared to be utilized to fund Girardi and Jane's personal spending habits. The timing of the new litigation loans have allegedly corresponded with new quote-unquote loans from Tom's business to his wife Erica's company, EJ Global. Of the, as a result of the misuse, millions of dollars in loans have fallen into default, resulting in litigation against Tom, his wife, and his firm. Okay, so I guess the other company that was helping Tom never received their portion of the funds. So Edelson, which is the name of this company, has been reaching out since early 2020 to get the status of the payments for the Boeing victims. Duh. Tom's firm basically kept saying, like, yeah, 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 don't worry, we just have to, like, figure some shit out, get some paperwork signed, whatever, we'll let you know. And I guess they got to the point where they never did, so Edelson had to end up emailing them on a weekly basis, basically saying, like, hey, where's the money, where's the money? So Tom ends up actually getting on the phone and gets really nasty with them and says, like, he's not feeling well and that's why he's being delayed on getting these payments out. So I guess Edelson started then snooping around into all, like, the creditors and all of their information Then Tom ends up hitting them up and leaves like a really gnarly voicemail just being like, if it wasn't for me, these people wouldn't even have the money to win, blah, 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 blah. So after some investigative work, they were able to find that about $20 million in loans were funneling into EJ Global, which is Erica's company. And because the money was now in her account, it was not necessarily connected with Tom's firm and no longer available to the creditors and the clients of Tom's business. (sighs) And we thought PK and Dorit had money problems. Hooey! Like, this is not good. This is really, really shady business. And once I kind of started reading Reddit threads and just internet stuff and articles and comment sections, I was starting to find that it seems like since 1995, they've been doing this kind of Ponzi scheme where uh, Tom will then, like, take money from one settlement spend that money, have to pay that money back, take it from another case. And it's kind of like that triangle scheme where you're constantly paying one, paying Paul from Peter. Is that the phrase? I'm so bad with idiomatic expressions. I swear I missed that class in fifth grade. So right now we don't really know what's going to happen. I don't think it's going to be good for, he might be disbarred for doing something like this. Don't forget, Frank on the Real Housewives in New Jersey was also disbarred for basically doing the exact same thing. I don't know. I really don't know how this is going to really end. Right now, this is a civil case and it's not a criminal, so they necessarily can't go to jail, I don't think. This crime is a lot worse than what Joe Yudite did, and him and Teresa were in the clink for a minute, so let's just kind of see where that ends up playing out. You know, even if they do resume filming for season 11, she's never going to talk about this stuff, and she will use the, it's in the courts, darling, how am I going to talk about it? I've always hated Erica. If you know... I try to say unbiased on this show, but everybody knows who I like and who I don't like. 
which I guess is like um, by definition not unbiased. But regardless, I've never found her interesting. I've never found like she has a real personality. The only time we ever saw her pop off for real was when she was yelling at Eileen, you don't know what I go through at night. Yeah, which is being married to a man in his late 70s at the time and watching him embezzle funds from widows and small children so that you can have a glam team fly all around the country with you. She also was the one who introduced glam squads to us and created that whole monster on the Bravo franchise. I never really understood where this money came from. Of course, he's a successful lawyer, but I know a lot of successful lawyers from, like, my life, people I've met, parents of people I've met, family, friends. And don't get me wrong, of course, he makes a lot of money. Aaron Brockovich, that case was, what, like $400 million they settled for? So he's got coin. Do not get me wrong. However, you know, when Erica Jane goes to the nail salon to get her nails done, it's not like an $8 mani with a $4 tip if you're being kind. You know, she'll go and get a manicure that's $75. Every piece of clothing on her is designer, Gucci, da 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 Like, every little Chanel bag she has is four or $5,000. The private jets, flying your glam squad across the world costs a hell of a lot of money, and Bravo Production is not shilling out for that. If anything, her bragging about spending, I think, what was it, $40,000 on glam a month will only be easy evidence for a lawyer to use against them to show that, yeah, fraudulent money has been being put into her accounts. And I wonder if she actually spent any of this money because I think that's where the problem can really lie for her if she started spending that money and they start to audit her spending, which I would love to see that in the courts. Like, what is she paying Mikey? Is he on a yearly salary? Does he have insurance? Does he have a 401k? I'm very, very confused as to how Mikey lives in 2020 right now anyways i am fascinated by this i will keep everybody up to date on the the latest and greatest on this fucking mess but you know what erica jane you've never been cool you hijack gay and black and drag culture to make yourself seem cool when you're not you're not remember season one part of my friend she was like cunty cunty hunty yes cunty and season two she was like back to being mrs Girardi. i would never say that i would never say that bethany clocked you from day one that you are like a fraud and a joke Ugh. I got really bitter at the end of that one. Um. <laughs> also, one thing to just kind of quickly point out is that we do have Lisa Rinna's daughter, Amelia Hamlin, dating Scott Disick. Nothing like dating a father of three at 19. <laughs> it's such a joke. Amelia. Amelia, what's the other one's name? Oh, they're so... Bl- Delilah. Delilah and Amelia. Oh my god, that is like such like early 2000 names for your kids. I don't know. I guess, yeah, Scott is like definitely trying to like look for girls who are like under 21. So it's not even like he has the opportunity to like go out and party and drink with them because he's like, well, legally they can't, so... <sighs> Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I think this is a major publicity son. She keeps, like, posting Instagram stories, like, watching TV in his house. And there was also, like, another thing I saw. So I guess Delilah's dating a guy from Love Island because she was on it. I think, I don't know. I remember reporting on it forever ago, but I can't get into Love Island just yet. But maybe eventually. So she's dating a guy from Love Island. And I guess that guy previously dated another girl from the show. And 
Scott ended up randomly hitting that other girl up, saying, like, she's a bitch and she needs to give Delilah's boyfriend an apology for speaking to him in a certain way or whatever. I don't even remember what that girl said. I, I read, like, some thread about it on, on Facebook, I think. But I wonder what that was all about. And, of course, like, she's like, watch my sister on television. And the two of them just sit around watching Love Island, which, like, doesn't sound too bad, but, like... <sighs> How sad. Like, you're 19 years old. Stop thinking a 39-year-old, a 38-year-old adult man. So awkward. Lisa Rinna also got a Beauty Secrets on Vogue, which, like, v glad I don't work for them anymore because there's nothing like a beauty tutorial where the person's already wearing makeup. That's my favorite. Where it's like, welcome to my Beauty Secrets. I have a fresh face. Slash, I'm wearing eyebrow makeup and mascara. The video itself was okay, but it did make me believe that she really is rocking a Lisa Rinna wig. I don't know. Go and watch The Beauty Secrets and hit me up in the DMs if you think she's wearing a wig. But I kind of get the vibe that, like, that thing could easily be pricked off her head. But keep me keep me posted on what you guys think. She also talked about this one bone marrow serum for under her eyes that she's been wearing for 10 years. And if you look at her in this video, her under eyes are non-existent she has no puffy eyes and she doesn't drink a lot she clearly doesn't eat but yeah this bone marrow serum sounds interesting it's 35 dollars, so i might get it it's from the brand chiche i'm not saying that right c-i-c-e-t who knows but i mean watch it if you want but rena beauty also came out and i heard it got some mixed reviews i can't even bring myself to buy it because it's overpriced and i don't really like thick lipsticks i really wear like the glossier thin I don't know the, the name of it but like Glossier has like this nice like matte makeup I wear it in Leo it's a gorgeous color it's like brownish but it doesn't really come off as that um it looks like very natural to your skin coat color and I wear like Bobbi Brown and Chanel and Kosas lipstick if anybody was wondering what lipsticks I wear because I will not support Rina Beauty <laughs> So moving on to other trash from Los Angeles, Jax Taylor and Brittany Cartwright are officially leaving Vanderpump Rules. This week on Instagram, Jax wrote a very publicist-approved Instagram caption saying, the last eight years on Vanderpump Rules have been the most challenging, rewarding, and fulfilling of my life. Although it's difficult to share, Brittany and I will not be returning for another season of VPR. We are excited to take this time to focus on growing our family and share with our with you our new endeavors. Bravo, Evolution, and our Vanderpump castmates, we will always remain close in our hearts. Thank you for all the fans who shared this journey with us and supported us through everything. We love you. Stay tuned. We can't wait to share what we've planned. Have a great weekend. So then Brittany basically wrote the same thing, but just altered it to be five years rather than eight. How sad. They can't even like write like their own true heartfelt thing. Or he was like, Brittany, you're not going to steal my thunder on this one. You write exactly what I wrote, which I did see. Jax has a million followers and Brittany has 1.5 million. So, you know, he must have like sleepless nights. Like he's like sitting in his man cave and he has like a dart board. And he printed out a picture of Brittany and just like throws darts at it. And then she comes and she's like, Jax, that's so funny. I love when you throw darts at my face. <laughs> I don't know where that came from. This is 8.50 in the morning right now. I'm mainlining coffee, and I've actually stopped drinking coffee, and I'm thinking coffee might have to do with my depression, which is, like, a really, really sad attempt to get back to being stable, where I'm like, maybe coffee's the root of my issues. <laughs> I'm so pathetic right now. Is anyone else feeling like this, too? Hit me up if you want to, like, be sad in the DMs with me, because, girl, I'm feeling it. Anyways, they're gone. I'm not surprised. They obviously kind of positioned this as like, we're decided that we will, we will not be returning. But Variety ended up 
covering it, they were canned. Not surprising. So they're saying that Vanderpump Rules, what we know of it, is going to be begin filming in the spring of 2020, which completely makes sense. I don't want them to be filming unless there is a restaurant involved. And restaurant rules right now are so strict. So to have an entire crew plus all of the castmates, plus all of the patrons in the restaurant would just be physically impossible. So I understand that they're pushing that back. I have heard that the restaurants are in deep shit. The restaurant industry right now is struggling so badly. So I can imagine that Lisa and Ken are are taking a massive hit on this. Of course, like their massive hit is a lot different than like the man who owns like an Indian restaurant in Jackson Heights, New York, where he like doesn't have like millions of dollars and can't send, sell a diamond ring and be good for a month's rent. But they still are struggling and uh, relatively speaking, struggling for themselves. But They'll begin filming in the spring. I do, yeah, like I was mentioning, I think it'll become more of a Tom Tom spinoff, which would kind of give me the idea that Katie and Tom would stay, which as much as they are also insufferable, I think everybody's better when Jax isn't around. So hopefully that will make them a little bit more palatable, I guess. I don't know. I I know they said that they're going to start trying to have a child, which nice good i guess the pregnancy pack is really working i also didn't announce because of my basically coma that sheena is pregnant and she's having a little baby girl which is great she's due in april all of these ladies i guess it's all their first babies so they're not getting like massive but they all look so cute and petite with their little bellies it's so nice i know i shouldn't say that because like everybody hates everybody on vanderpump rules but i do like babies like i don't know I like babies, get over it. Jax and Brittany also have been kind of teasing that they have like a new television project in the works. I think it'll be either be like, Jax and Brittany have a baby. They're definitely gonna get a podcast, so you guys subscribe early to that. Uh, that's definitely coming down the pike. But Jax has also been teasing that he's like a television producer, writer on his Instagram bio for a while. I reported that on this show probably two months ago, so we always knew he was cooking something. One thing I do want to shout out that people are, like, so fucking annoying about, whether it's, like, Instagram or Facebook or Reddit, people are like, um, can you believe it? How is Jax going to afford this new truck? One, the truck is $30,000. Jax has been on television for eight years. He's made a lot of money being on the show and doing appearances, Instagram posts. He has a million fucking followers. Anything he posts on Instagram, he gets probably $30,000 to $40,000 to $50,000, depending on what kind of program it is. He has a lot of money. And he also has openly talked about how he has other ways of getting money. He has investments. He's talked about investment accounts. He has like a CBD business, which like or he has a weed business, which is booming right now. He has like another business where he rents out equipment to production companies because if you know anything about production, you cannot even begin to imagine how expensive lighting equipment is and sound equipment is. And so he bought a lot of that shit and now rents it out. He has money. So people are like, um, I can't even believe what's it going to be like when he's retired. It's like, he might be an idiot, but he's also 40 years old. You just have to watch, like, one episode of Susie Orman, and you'll know that maybe I should, like, invest some money, diversify my income. I don't know. This isn't going to last forever. And I don't know. I, I don't like Jax. Don't get me wrong. It doesn't necessarily mean he's a fucking idiot and can't save his money. I know a lot of really smart people who have not a single shekel to their fucking name because they didn't do any of this investing and stuff. So... 
I wouldn't I wouldn't say like he's gonna be dirt broke. I mean he will be on like marriage boot camp or like celebrity rehab within the next five to ten years, which like can't wait to watch, but like he's not broke. The guy is not broke. And also he couldn't get a two million dollar house if he was that fucking dirt broke. So Wow, that's my soapbox. Moving on to Real Housewives of OC news. Bronwyn Windenberg came out this week as gay. Is everybody fucking over this bitch? Every goddamn week she labels herself as a new thing. I'm happy she's gay. I'm happy she is doing her own thing and she is feeling herself. But um, didn't we just watch your vow renewal with your husband? And now she's kind of backtracking, saying, like, we're not sleeping in the same bedroom. We're still married, and they plan on staying married. We live in the same house. We're raising our kids together. He's my best friend. It sounds like, girl, you don't want to get a real job or work for anything for real. Like, that's why you're not leaving him. If you're gay and prancing around town with your girlfriend who looks just like Miley Cyrus in the Wrecking Ball video, then leave him. Leave him. Let this man live. Like... I don't care if she's gay, straight, bi, whatever. Do whatever the hell you want. But you have seven fucking kids. You have seven children. You basically just kind of like discard your seven children to kind of find yourself. And that's great. But when you have seven kids who you don't see because you have a 24-hour staff of babysitters, you chose to have a basketball team. Focus on them. We saw in the beginning of the season of OC, she's like, Oh, it stinks. Like, I was just drunk all the time, and so I was never even there for my kids. And then she's, like, literally talking about how she is never there for her kids, but now that she's sober, she can be. And she is basically doing the exact opposite, and she's sitting in the bedroom with Sean, and you see the camera pan to, like, three little babysitters, like, putting the kids to bed. You're trying to constantly find yourself, and that's great. And, yeah, I do believe in, like, you need to be the best version of yourself to be the best mother, the best wife, the best girlfriend, partner, whatever you want to call yourself. However, I probably can say, yeah, like, all of, like, the you, like the childhood years of my life, my mom wasn't like, hmm, I'm going to go to a spin class instead of... <laughs> like picking my kids up from school like I'm going to go on a hike with my new girlfriend and then maybe see my kids for dinner like no at the end of the day like we were prioritized first and if she could squeak in a yoga class or squeak in a therapy session or a walk by herself she would do that but like we were first and then her and we were three versus seven kids like it's a lot different but I don't know. I just find her fucking insufferable. Also, like, she talks all this shit about her mom abandoning her and had all this money and chose, like, her career and her success over being with her and Bronwyn had to, like, live with her grandparents growing up and all of this shit. It's like, Bronwyn, you're doing the exact same fucking thing and give it five years before you're a white woman wearing dreads. It's just a matter of time before you have earrings in your hair. (laughs) Which I will say that was one of my favorite scenes I've, I've seen in a really long time where her, her earring like fell out of her hair and Kelly Dow was like, what the fuck is that? And she's like, oh, it fell out of my hair. And Kelly's like, you watch that stuff? You watch that? She's like, I'm not really. I don't even know what's in there. <laughs> so stupid. I don't know. I, again, like I mentioned up front, I, I don't know why I like Kelly more than Bronwyn this season, but... Every single time we see her on screen, she's just complaining. And I liked that one scene where she's, like, standing in the bar with her husband and Rowan, that 
poor sweet daughter of hers who is just gonna get so fucked by having a mother like that. She <laughs> was like, listen to me, listen to me, I'm not done with my story. It's like you're yelling at your husband, you're yelling at your daughter who give you unconditional love and support. Like what the fuck more do you want? I understand going through the sobriety journey and figuring that out and opening up and calling yourself an alcoholic, which is a really hard label to come back from, especially on television when you have eyes watching you and you have 40 kids watching you, looking up to you, but don't yell at your family like that. Like don't patronize your husband who literally like looked at you like, girl, you're tripping. Like relax, relax. Is is she annoying anybody else? Also, you know what? She's a fucking hypocrite constantly. She's like calling other people out for not wearing masks. Then she's going out with Tamara and like a bunch of other like OC sluts and like wearing mini skirts and like prancing around restaurants in Marina Del Mar or wherever the fuck they're from. And they're all wearing, not wearing masks. They're taking selfies in the bathroom without masks. And then they go to see Santa the next day and she's wearing masks and all the kids are. It's like, well, what is it? For many of us, the holidays will look different this year. Family and friend reunions might not be the same, but that shouldn't stop us from feeling close. That's why I'm gifting my loved ones the most meaningful gift this year, a chance to tell their story and share memories using StoryWorth. StoryWorth is an online service that helps your loved ones share stories through thought-provoking questions about their memories and personal thoughts. It's a fun new way to engage with family, especially those you can't see in person this year. Around this time last year, I lost my grandfather, and I felt this insane guilt that I didn't ask him enough questions about his love story with my grandma, his career, his immigration journey from Italy in the 1960s, and so much more. To honor his birthday this past year, I gifted my grandma a StoryWorth membership. Every week, StoryWorth emails her a different prompt with questions you'd never think to ask, like, if you were to do it over, what would you have done differently? Or when was your first kiss? You can customize your prompts to ask anything you'd like, so I obviously had to ask, who's your favorite grandkid? Just kidding. After one year, StoryWorth will compile all your stories, including photos, into a beautiful keepsake book that ships for free. I'm planning to order one for myself, my brothers, and my cousins so we can share our grandparents' story with our children someday. Give your loved ones the gift of spending time together wherever you live with StoryWorth. Get started right away with no shipping required by going to storyworth.com slash bravohh. You'll get $10 off your first purchase. That's storyworth.com slash bravohh for $10 off. If you are anything like me, you haven't bought a single gift for anybody this year, maybe other than yourself. (laughs) This will be an amazing gift for anybody who is looking for that last minute gift that doesn't involve shipping costs and will be something that you can pass down to your families for generations. That's storyworth.com slash bravohh for $10 off you guys and you get a deal look at that you're forcing your children to wear masks with santa claus do they even have covid19 at the north pole then you don't wear it when you're going out at a restaurant where everybody's drinking i mean maybe not her but like once people start drinking and partying and having fun you forget social distancing rules you get up in people's faces you start sharing drinks you share cigarettes whatever i wouldn't know from experience i just find her to be like a wild wild hypocrite Anyways, let's talk about other questionable mothers. Luann Deliceps from The Real Housewives of New York has allegedly been estranged from her son, Noel Deliceps, for about two years now. So supposedly, Luann did not want to pay for his education because she didn't approve of his major. He wanted to study art and painting, but she wanted him to study business, a classic male issue in society. Luann's daughter, Victoria, is also an artist, so the fact that she's telling one child they can be and one child they can't be based on gender is kind of fucked up. His work is amazing, though. I will say, everybody go to his Instagram and check out Noel Delisup. Just type it in. It does look like he's, like, very inspired by Salvador Dali. 
he makes beautiful art. I, I will say that. And so does Victoria. I actually, I really like both of them as several artists. Speaking of artist children, Sonia Morgan's daughter is also a great artist too. It's also that like New York City blood. It's like, wow, I'm so rich. I guess I can actually pursue my creative dreams. Starving artist is like a, a rare phrase at this point because no poor kids really study art anymore because uh not lucrative me aka my freshman year of college where I was like I'm gonna study art history and then like after my first semester I was like and I'm gonna actually study business um because I need money honey like I need a job after I graduate or else I'm not living in the city and live in my bedroom at my parents house which is a hard now coming from me this is also not the first time Luann has been sued by her family back in I believe 2018 Victoria and Noelle actually sued her for funds from her Hamptons homes. She was supposed to establish a trust fund after selling a house that she once shared with the Count. However, she used the earnings she received by selling the home to buy another luxury home in Southampton, New York. So Luann might not necessarily be the most generous of mothers. We saw them having issues with her since season one of the show where he was like, Mom, please don't go out. Please. She's like, Stay with the babysitter. Stay with the housekeeper for yet another night. Bye. Like leaves and like starts dancing at a bar with like her 21-year-old niece. (laughs) So stupid. Luann like looked so out of place at that nightclub. She's like snapping her fingers and like trying to be cool. Uh, So I guess we'll, we'll see more about that. When I saw Luann, I counted some friends. He was there. He brought a girl a lady and Victoria was there and so was the count and someone else at their table so I can't put a date to that Jasper if you're listening let me know when that was or Mercedes if you're listening um I think it was probably 20 honestly it could have been 2016 yeah I think it might have been 2016 because we bought the tickets when we were in Amsterdam now I'm just thinking out loud anyways Luann, get it together. Send your fucking kids to college. Like, it's not hard. If you're rich, send your fucking kids to college. So study art, study whatever. A degree is important. Especially in this economy, you need anything to get a leg up to get a job at this rate. Speaking of other homes on the market, Married to Medicine's Toya Bush and her husband, Dr. Eugene Harris, are moving on from their Milton, Georgia house, and they're listing their property for $3.525 million. So in 2019, they bought the house for $3.7 million. And now they're actually able to make an $800 profit in a year. So they think this is like a really great choice. But like, let's not think about uprooting your children again. That's damaging. Even if you're moving in the same like school district area, picking up and moving constantly is a really disorienting thing for a kid. Also, Toya, wasn't the two-story dressing room like kind of your dream come true? (sighs) I don't know. Sometimes people build these big-ass mansions and they put a design style in the home that doesn't necessarily like reflect their personal style they just think it like looks visually appealing and then you look around and you're like kids can't live here and i'm not just talking about kim and kanye's house which just looks like a sad monastery (laughs) those poor kids must have like only beige toys like (laughs) cement toys (laughs) like there cannot be a single color in that house or the kid gets thrown into timeout. But I don't know. I guess like when they were thinking about getting this house, like one of their main things was like, oh, we want this to be like our forever home for our children. We want them to not be uprooted constantly, blah, blah, blah. But I guess this $800 profit 
is is more important to them that we'll see now they're gonna get a four million dollar house and bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger just fucking settle just settle we're in the middle of a fucking global pandemic where the economic crisis is just going to get worse unless you are rich which they had all their tax issues they had all those problems so i'm honestly not thinking that the two of them are like going to merrill lynch and putting in a grand a month for investments i really don't think that i think I think they're making a stupid choice by doing this. Of course, like, property values fluctuate. And I know a lot of people are moving from big cities out into, like, the outer suburbs, especially in a place like Atlanta and New York, just because of the pandemic and people need more space. However, I I just think... I just think it's like really not necessary. I feel like the two of them really need a business manager who they actually listen to, you know, who can kind of say like, hey, you know, maybe we could stay put for a little bit longer. You've been in this house that's probably been finished for eight months. Like sit tight, sit tight. It's a beautiful house. There's a pool. There's lots of outdoor fireplaces, which kind of freaked me out. We also end the show on some Potomac news. Candace Billard, Billard, Candace Dillard from the Real House of Potomac purchased her first home for $1.1 million. They got a $75,000 deal on this 10,000 square foot property. The property documents do not say that her mother owns it. So this is a huge growth opportunity for Candace and what's his name? Chris. Uh, the house itself is okay. Um, it's quite large, but there's a lot going on. There's like a stone facade and then brick on two sections of the front, which isn't my thing. If I was going to redo this house and nobody has asked me to, I would take all of the stonework out and just do full brick. But I'm a brick girl. I'm a granddaughter of a bricklayer. So I love brick. How many times can I say brick in this one section of the show? There's two car garage. There's a big like spirally staircase kind of thing. It's a nice house. It's a nice house. I, I won't, I can't really shade it that much, but There's also, like, no fencing between the homes, and the backyard is basically just, like, a lot. And I don't know, if I was spending a million dollars and didn't get, like, a pool or something, I I kind of would feel slighted, but, you know, I'm happy for them. I will say, I hope she doesn't call Giselle's interior designer because we don't need more silver and purple indoor decor. In what world has that ever been acceptable unless you're thinking of, like, Xenon from Disney (laughs) Channel movies who, like, had, like, a chic purple room? Does anybody remember that, like, circle bed Xenon had? Xenon circle bed. God. Xenon, maybe Xenon the sequel. Why was that, like, my favorite movie growing up? (laughs) Oh, my God. Yeah, the circle bed. Oh my god, this is so pathetic that, like, you know, I was, like, in my room being like, Mom, why can't I have a circle bed? Yeah, it's, like, a grayish-purple circle bed with, like, a red interior. Oh my god. I gotta fucking watch Xenon the Sequel so badly. That was a huge sidetrack. Anyways, yeah, don't use their interior designer. Good for Candace and Chris. I'm glad you guys got a house. I haven't watched the explosive episode of Potomac that came out this week. I haven't finished it, so please don't give me any spoilers, but I can't wait. I fucking hate Michael Darby. I've hated him since episode one of this goddamn show where we talked about him squeezing ass. Ass squeezers don't change, people. Ass squeezers don't change. You heard it here first. That brings us to the end of today's episode of Bravo Happy Hour. You guys, 
I actually feel good about doing this again. I get into my head really badly about recording and this cute little thing called imposter syndrome really seeps heavily into my brain and I can't get out of it. But I want to thank all the listeners who have stuck by me, who've hit me up and always say really kind, positive things to all the guests who've come on my show, who have killed it and helped out, um, helped bring their listeners over to my show. I have a couple great guests coming up. I, for now, I think I'm probably just going to be doing news episodes for the rest of the year, hopefully in 2020. (laughs) Hopefully, (laughs) I'm redoing 2020 in my head. (laughs) Hopefully in 2021, I can muster up the um, strength to do bonus episodes again. But for now, let's just bank on news episodes. Thank you so much for listening. Hit me up in the DMs if you want to say hi, if you want to cry about something, if you want to talk about Zine on the sequel. I'm around. I'm available. Thank you so much for listening. And yeah, if you like the show, head to Apple Podcasts. Give me a five-star rating. I haven't checked that in over two months, so God knows when I look at that, I'll fall deeply into another spiral. So that's chic. So why don't we go there and write really nice things? Have a great day. Have a great rest of your week. And happy holidays if you guys are celebrating Hanukkah this week, I believe. Yeah, it starts this week. All right. Have a good one. Bye.